0: Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. Previously
1: on the Tony Kornheiser Show.
2: And they told me that I was going to be on your show. And there were some people that were a little bit nervous around you at the station. And they said, oh, okay, well, good luck, whatever. And then the first day, (laughs) you asked me a question. I was nervous as can be. I didn't, as we've said on the show, I didn't know what I was doing. Of course not. And I was completely nervous. And you asked me a question, and I nodded. And you said, hey, moron, (laughs) it's It's radio. radio. What are you (laughs) nodding for? There's a microphone in front of you.
3: This
0: is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Ah, good times. Get to call somebody a moron who later goes on to make $100 million. Fantastic. Um, I express for my son and myself our thanks to the ground superintendent at Inverness, John Zimmers, who would love to see us go out there and play. And I've been told, I've never played Inverness, Michael, I've been told. But you is know some of its port-
3: history, right? No. The ankle Tree.
0: Oh, is that, that's, yeah, yeah, I, I know US the Lon, Lon Hinkle, th- yeah, I know that. Plant a tree overnight. Yeah, because he was, he was taking a different path to a hole. Yeah, he was trying not, to shorten that uh, yeah. uh, dogleg par five. Okay, that's and Inverness. And the connection to
3: Columbia. Hosted the U.S. Open the year before Columbia's. In 2020? Tw- in 20... 1920 for Inverness. Wow,
0: that's great. Uh, speaking of golf, I got up early on Sunday in the cold weather to play with Kip Schmieman. Oh, Kip. Yeah. So um, Kevin and I are playing. And Kevin does- the, the amount st- of
3: back and forth that I get from you every week, and when I'm sitting there, you know, just a dad of three, and you're sitting, you know, should I go out now or wait for the mist on Saturday to clear? Then you get the most beautiful fall
0: afternoon yeah. ever. Yeah. And then I have to convince you to get out early to play with Kip. Yeah. So we go out, and Kevin, in in the- First of all, when you play golf with Kevin, there are so many bets going on. <laughs> Kevin has to have so many bets going on that I just say to him, just tell me what we owe at the end of the round, and if we owe, you pay it, and if we win, give me half. It's as simple <laughs> and the as best, that. The
3: real-time adjust, real time adjusts, where he'll ask, he was like, do you normally play this hole pretty well? Like, he'll pull you off to the side of a tee box. Like, you feeling good? <laughs> yeah. You think you get he'll a birdie? Put
0: extra money on this hole. Right. <laughs> you will itch. He had two putts that were just fantastic, rolling downhill putts with a left-to-right break and he put the ball behind the hole and it backdoored in twice. Really? Amazing putt. Because normally he gives his putts zero attention. Amazing. And he chipped in once. He chipped in from the sand. Chipped in. So Kevin Kevin was fine. Kevin played very well. Um, I played well until I didn't play well anymore. But there were some holes I played all right. But he's he's so... Kevin knows the swing. Everybody who plays golf has to understand their swing. Where do they hit the ball, and where does the ball go after they hit it? And you think, what is he talking about? Well, no, because it's how you shape a shot. It's what you're comfortable with. It's where you stand. It's where you put the ball. It's all of those things. Kevin, when he drives the ball, and Kevin can hit it long. He hits it 230, 240 when he bombs it. Big, Big hitter. hitter. Big hitter to The allow Um Right. He faces all the way right when he tees off. He faces so far right. Is that to compensate for uh, Well, he slice. thinks he's going to come across it. He's going to come across it, and he's going to bring hook. it. Gonna okay. bring, hook. Going to hook it into the middle. But the first eight or nine holes, it went right all the time. And I said to him, it, it, it's going right because you're facing right. Said, that's how I swing. That's how I swing. It'll correct. And then it did. It did. By the back nine, it was very good. It's great fun. Great fun to play with him. I, I felt good, good about that yesterday i just got up on my own and went out and played 15 holes i was very happy to. Have well, done thanks that. for the invite it was like real early in the morning you have three children i'm awake uh, oh next time i'll do it we'll run over there um and i wanted to congratulate finn from pineapple landscaping finn is part of the senior a team at Avenel and they won the maryland state championships oh, wow so finn gets he got a glass, glass got glass glassware nice very Congrats, very nice finn That's very, very nice. I was uh, happy for him. Happy. Whenever the people at Pineapple do something special. Not that I know about it, but I know about it with Finn, so that's good. Uh, I also heard something. Yeah, I'm going to get to one other thing that I want to talk to, but I heard something yesterday. There was a commercial for Ace Hardware. Ace is the place. With the helpful hardware man. With the friendly, yeah. It's helpful, not friendly. With the helpful hardware folks. Hardware folks, not man? Let me, I'll look Ace
3: is the place with the helpful hardware
0: Man. Well, maybe they don't do man anymore because people who, women work there. I don't know. It it doesn't matter. But they were advertising something. And one of the points they stress was free in-store pickup. Let's think about this for a second. Free in-store pickup. What store of any kind, what store of any kind charges you for in-store pickup? Well, I don't. I was amazed. I mean, I sat there dumbfounded. Wait, they're saying you can come and shop here and we won't charge you extra for the fact that we have provided this stuff? Right? Yeah, this is confusing because normally I would
3: think of it the other way, which would be you can have something shipped here within our network and we'll do home delivery for you. Yeah. And then if you need and to they return say they it, have that. right? But instead of if there's a return, right, one of the complicated factors right now if you're doing online shopping is: are they going to take care of the return, or is that going to be a cost that I that I have to uh, pay out of pocket? Well, I
0: don't online shop, so I don't. Now,
3: some it. of this might be when you go to you know your Ace Hardware store. A lot of it's more lifestyle brand type stuff, whether it's the big Yeti coolers, right. these big grills. So it's stuff that you're not necessarily keeping many of them in stock. I like Ace Hardware. But that just seems like an invitation to come shop. Yeah, that that's called as you said that's called shopping. From what I've been able to determine, they've, they've
4: changed the jingle a little bit from time to time. Are we back on that. I think it's Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Well, that's
3: what Michael said. And I think just that's score one for him. Score one yeah. for him. Michael. Right. Yes. So do other- you get do you get the coupons from your local Ace All Hardware? The time.
0: All the time, and then as soon it. as
3: you as soon as you pull no. it out of your wallet, you realize it was for the two week period that just ended. Yeah, it, and it's not valid for in store <laughs> purchases or gas refills. No, and, and I've bus- always <laughs>
0: wanted for propane. And yeah, it's never can't use for it for propane. propane. <laughs> it's never for propane. So you know, and then they say, "I'm sorry, sir. we it's not valid." The, oh. Walking through an Ace Hardware is one of
3: the most stressful experiences because you're you're going there. For one or two items, and then you just want to see where the mood takes you because their shelves are filled with all sorts of knickknacks, and you can't go up or down an aisle without being accosted by a friendly hardware folk. I will
0: say this that, that Stroh Snyder's Hardware in Bethesda, oh, yes. Bethesda, Maryland. The Stroh- yes. Stroh Snyder's Hardware is an, is an ACE Yes. affiliate. The people who work there know everything, they are fabulous. You say, I was thinking about this. And I go, let me take you to aisle seven and give you like nine options on this particular thing. Yeah, stay away from the grass section. They're really good. Why? It's, oh, just, it's so stressful. Much. Yeah. There's so much stuff in a small store. There's so much stuff. That's yeah, yeah, my plug for Stroh Snyder. Yeah. Um, all right. So I wanted to get to this other thing. It's disturbing to me. It's very disturbing. And we are recording this, you know, in the eight o'clock hour on Wednesday. So I don't know if events have overtaken me. But there is a report, multiple reports, mostly from Mary Lou Retton's daughter, that Mary Lou Retton is fighting for her life in a hospital with some rare form of pneumonia. And the indication was, since they were asking for funding, that Mary Lou Retton does not have insurance. Well, this is Mary Lou Retton. Like, what do you mean Mary Lou Retton might not have insurance? I know that people are now, and and fairly so, saying that Simone Biles is the greatest American gymnast of all time. And she has the records and the medals to prove that. But she's not the most important American gymnast of all time. Mary Lou Retton is the most important American gymnast of all time. Mary Lou Retton, in 1984 at the Los Angeles Olympics, put women's gymnastics on the map. Mary Lou Retton, who predates Olga Corbett, who predates, I think she predates Olga Corbett. I thought Olga Corbett was in 76. Okay, then I'm wrong about that. But she's the f- most important, yeah. uh, Nadia Comanej. She's the most important American gymnast by 100 miles. I mean, people started watching because Mary Lou Retton, West Virginia girl, probably about four foot 10. You'll, you'll see these clips all day long today as this story develops. And Mary Lou Retton was like, I'm sorry, the biggest star in American sports in Los Angeles Olympics. Yeah. The biggest star ahead of Carl Lewis, ahead of everybody. Mary Lou Retton. I met Mary Lou Retton. After she had won her gold medal, for reasons that are unclear to me, I was in, and in those days, ABC did the Olympics. I was working for the Washington Post and I went to ABC. Oh, I know why. I went to ABC to do a column on Bella Caroli. Bella Caroli was going to appear on Good Morning America. And I was going to talk to Bella Caroli after that. So I went and I'm hanging out at the studio where they do Good Morning America. And Bella Caroli comes in and brings Mary Lou Retton with him. Mary Lou Retton's there. Now, Mary Lou Retton is, I don't know, what is she, 15? 16? 16, yeah, 16, 16, 84, yeah. 16. She's 16 yeah. at the time. And she's just sort of wandering around backstage. And I have this opportunity, and I didn't do it. I have this opportunity to talk to her and write a column about her. And instead, I didn't do it because I felt I was intruding. I felt she was a little girl. I know she had won. But I felt I was intruding. And I watched as she played. At that period of time, if I'm not mistaken, there was a game, one of those virtual reality games called Pong, something like that, Pong, that you could play. And it, it was not sophisticated at all. It was a little dot on a screen <laughs> and you batted it back and yeah. forth. And that's all it was. And she was doing that. And I realized she's 15, right? 15, 16. She's a sophomore in high school you know, leave her alone, <laughs> right. leave her alone. Maybe that was the wrong move. I don't know. I took, I did the Corolli was very happy with the comm, but I watched her and she had, you know, she was in her own element and was really something. And this stays with me for 40 years. And for me to think that Mary Lou Retton is having severe medical problems, terrible. And, but that the notion that she, that you need to contribute To her funding. Here's this stat. Roughly 10%
3: of Americans under the age of 65 don't have health insurance. Joe Biden should call
0: Mary Lou Retton (laughs) today and say, you're covered. Don't worry about it. Right. You're an American hero. Exactly. You're covered. We'll take a break. Mark Feinstein will join us. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
3: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network
0: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Pat McGee from Chuck and Roxy, episode 258. This is a song that the Pat McGee band does called Elegy for Amy. And Pat writes, it's a song I wrote about a very special fan of the Pat McGee band. When we were honing our craft in Richmond, a group of girls would come see us at every show, sit right up front. Amy was part of that group, always there. We went away on the road. When we came back, I noticed that Amy wasn't with them. Girls told me she had died from extremely progressive skin cancer. It was devastating that someone so young and enthusiastic could be gone so quickly. So I wrote this song for Amy. Needless to say, early detection has been incredibly important to me ever since. We're bringing the message to the DMV on Saturday, October 14th. That's this Saturday, right? Yes. I'm inviting you and your listeners to join the Pat McGee Band and John Popper from Blues Travelers at the concert to Rock Cancer to be held at Capital One Hall in Tysons, Virginia. That night supports We Rock Cancer, a DMV-based organization that provides free skin cancer screenings at music and sporting events and for at-risk at workers in sun-intense occupations. Hope to see you in a lot of littles there on October 14th. Tickets are available now at Ticketmaster.com. As somebody who has skin cancer all over the place, you know, I applaud this a thousand times. A thousand times. It plays an Elegy for Amy, plays in Mark Feinsand. And we're going to talk about baseball. We have to go backwards. You cover baseball. I've seen more baseball than you because I'm older than you, but you cover baseball. In your whole life, have you ever seen an 8-5-3? Have you seen that?
5: (laughs) Uh, Probably not. Uh, I think uh, I've seen some crazy plays in my time. uh, I've been covering baseball now for 23 years. Uh, I don't remember seeing an 8-5-3. It's in nobody's
0: scorebook. The old 8-5-3 that ends the game can't happen. (laughs)
5: yeah i remember the first year i covered uh baseball and and it was 2001 and game three of the american league division series was yankees in oakland and of course it was the infamous Derek jeter play play. yeah and i remember sitting there going wait a second so that's a a nine six two what what was that play you know you're trying to score it in your head and you're like what the hell was Jeter doing over there? It was one of those uh, great instincts by Riley. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, obviously a great catch by Harris. A lot. You know, it's hard to even criticize Bryce Harper for, uh, you know, getting doubled off there because you know, first of all, Bryce Harper is a really high baseball IQ kind of guy, and you know, he's the tying run. He's at first base. He knows that you know if he gets a good jump, he's got a chance to score. And it took two phenomenal yes. plays: the yes. catch and the relay. Uh, to to get him and he, and they just got him by what an inch or two so uh, yeah it's just one of those plays where you just sort of sit there and go you know wow that was uh, that was pretty pretty impressive
0: I talked about this yesterday on 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 PTI I said Wilbur I've never seen that I've never seen a game end like that and every person involved did a great thing the catch is great the throw is great and Harper running back there crossing second base running full sprint it's all it's all great. It's the kind of thing you would say would turn a, a, an entire series around, but I don't know. You're like, I don't know. Do you know? We don't know. We're going to find out. We don't know. We
5: will find out. And I think Aaron Nola is going to be the guy who <clears throat> helps us decide whether or not this turned everything around. Think back just a year. Uh, you know, the Braves won game two of, of this, uh, the 2022 NLDS, beating Zach Wheeler, uh, it, it, you know, with a series going back to Philly. Seemed like Atlanta had their momentum, and Aaron Nola was on the mound and gave them six scoreless innings. So, uh, you know, if he goes out there in Game Three and does that, and you know, he's he's pitching with a little extra incentive as he's going to be a free agent in a few weeks um, and doesn't know sort of whether he's you know having his last run with Philadelphia here or not. Um, but if Nola can go out there and uh, and and do what he did last year, you know, the old the old adage, momentum is the next day starting pitcher. That's right is never more true than in the playoffs, where you can have this thrilling win, and if the next day's pitcher goes out there and just, you know, shows it up your it. what are you going to do?
0: No, I agree with that. I, were you okay taking out Wheeler right there when they took him out?
5: Yeah, you know, the, these playoff uh, starts, teams understand that they're looking long game sometimes, they're looking... Uh, you know, we feel good about this. Let's conserve a little bit. Uh, maybe they the pitching coach spots something where they just decide, you know what, he, he's off a tick. Let's get him out. We have a bullpen. You know, the Phillies' bullpen's been really good, and, and for years, that's been an issue that's not been very good. Uh, you know, that's been the thing every year. I feel like every year around June, you start looking around and saying, all right, what relievers are the Phillies going to try to trade for? Because their bullpen stinks. Right. Um, but this year, their bullpen's actually been pretty good, and uh, yeah, I don't... I don't I don't have a problem with that.
0: Okay. What's wrong with the Dodgers? Are they just not <laughs> built for the playoffs? What's wrong? Did they have so much talent. What's wrong? Uh,
5: they can't hit right now, which is really the the most peculiar part of it. We know what's going on with their pitching. Right. Um, you know, uh, Kershaw it, it's such an enigma that a guy who's a, a lock first ballot Hall of Famer uh who's had this brilliant career um just has so many troubles in the playoffs. And let, let's give him some due. He's had some really good moments in the playoffs as well. This is not a situation where this guy's gone out there and spit the bit every single time he's taken the ball in October. I think he's got seven or eight games where he's pitched seven or eight innings with one or zero runs in the playoffs. So he's gone out there and, and had plenty of good ones, and the Dodgers are going to need him to come up uh, and do that again at some point in this series if they're going to get back into it. But I think when you look at what's going on in this series and say what's wrong with the Dodgers, uh, it starts and ends with their offense. I mean, you look at Mookie Betts, hitless in the series, Freddie Freeman, one hit, Max Muncie, one hit. They're hitting 159 as a team with a 254 slugging percentage. That's terrible. That's not good. And for a team that, uh, you know, has gone out there all year and just bludgeoned people and and you looked at that lineup and said, you know, wow, that lineup's incredible. Uh, Yeah. You know. Well, they're going to need to hit if they're going to extend this series because they've got Lance Lynn on the mound for game three. And Lance Lynn pitched, you know, um, respectably for, for the Dodgers after getting traded there. But uh, this is not Clayton Kershaw. This is not a guy who's going to go out there and most likely give you seven scoreless innings or, or six innings of one-run ball. Um, you know, now the D-backs are pitching their rookie, the uh, Brandon fatt I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. It's it's, it's hard enough spelling it. Um, you know, this this is going to be a game where the Dodgers' offense needs to wake up and, and lead them back, and I, I think they can. I mean, the Dodgers have been there. They've they've been through a lot. Dave Roberts has been to the World Series three times in the last six years. Um, you know, this team has the experience, but, you know, coming back from 2-0, going on the road, uh, it's only happened twice, and, you know, the Dodgers have a, a big hill to climb here if they want it to happen again.
0: Maybe they could trade for you Don Alvarez right now. <laughs> because he's killing uh, it. He's that would killing
5: trade. it. It doesn't matter what they'd have to give up. Right. Um, uh, you know, I said the Dodgers have a, a 254 slugging percentage. Jordan Alvarez only has a 1567 <laughs> slugging percentage so far uh, in the playoffs. He he's um he's a one-man wrecking crew. And, and you think about you know, the thing with the Astros that's always amazed me is you think about the players they've lost along the way. Um you know, this is going to be in all likelihood their seventh straight ALCS. Uh, well, Carlos Correa was a part of a lot of those, and he's yeah. playing on the team against them right now. George Springer was a part of a lot of those, and he was uh, knocked out in the first round of the playoffs in Toronto. Um, you know, Garrett Cole was a part of a couple of those. He didn't make the playoffs this year in New York. Uh, so... You look at Justin and,
0: Verlander was a part of a couple of those and he's back.
5: And he's, he's back. back. Yeah. And uh you know, and he'll be waiting in reserve for for a game five if necessary or uh or to start game one uh against Texas. And against how, how big is that now looking against by Max. the way that Houston ended up uh you know, escaping with that division. They're gonna hold home field against Texas instead of the other way around. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Alvarez right now is absolutely unconscious. Uh, and, and, you know, he's just every time he gets up, he's a threat to, to put one out.
0: Um, I'm not going to say that I'm shocked that Baltimore did not advance. I'm a little stunned at how widely disparate the scores were. Um, but, you know, when I saw Toronto and Tampa Bay lose, I sort of feared for Baltimore. And they've never been in this situation. And I'm not going to knock them at all. They had a wonderful season. But I am going to ask this. Did Corey Seager walk five times in one game? Have you ever seen anything like that?
5: I don't believe it's ever happened before in a playoff game. I think he's it's the first player ever to walk five incredibly times in a, in a playoff game. Uh, you know, he's walked 11 times in the postseason. He's got a 680 on-base percentage in the postseason. 680. That's like Barry Bonds kind of stuff right there. Like 2001 Barry Bonds kind of stuff. Uh yeah, Seeger has been uh, a really important piece because not only is he getting on base 68% of the time, but he was the first guy they signed that really sort of turned That's this
1: right.
5: this thing around. And when he signed there and everybody said, oh, this is just another typical Scott Boris sending his guy to the highest bidder without any you know regard for how you know his, the rest of his career is actually going to play out. He's just going to go and, and lose the rest of his career, but oh, $325 million to do so. Um, and Seeger talked about... You know Chris Young and, and and John Daniels at the time talking talking to him about here's our plan here's how we're going to win, um, and I thought it was really interesting. He he was part of that Dodgers World Championship team uh, in 2020, and he said you know the Dodgers hadn't won in 30 years, and and he could really see what it meant to the city and the fan base when they won. And when he heard that the Rangers had never won a World Series, he started envisioning what it would be like to be a part of that team that, that did that for the first time. Uh, and, you know, look, they've got a long way to go. You've still got to beat most likely the Astros and then whoever comes out of the National League. So uh, I'm not crowning the Texas Rangers as champions, but it's really impressive to see what they've done. Um, I thought it was, you know, ironic for Nathan Ivaldi to be the guy who, who shut down Baltimore's season because he was the guy all winter last year that I was harping and standing on. Rooftops screaming out that Baltimore Baltimore needed a sign. Yeah. Um, And and for him to be the one to end the season for me, just sort of put a little bow on it. I I think the Orioles had a great season. They will be back. This is a young core. Yeah. Uh, I think this exposed that, you know what, maybe you look at the starting pitchers on this year's market and go get one or two of them. Uh, Spend a little money because right now the AL East is is a very attainable division for them uh, to win again. And if you add some pitching to that young core, uh, they're going to be really, really dangerous you know, for, for a while.
0: I'll get you out of here on the question that everybody has about baseball,
5: especially
0: baseball writers. It's a daily sport. They've had far too much time off. And at some point, you're going to look at the wildcard teams or what happens to the teams that are sitting in wait and they don't win. Uh, and you're going to say, well, does that have something to do with rust and rest? Why did base, Why is baseball not playing every day?
5: Well, I, I think it was bad luck to have the first round end in four sweeps. Um, you know, you, you had any of those series gone to a third game, there would have been baseball last Thursday. Friday would have been the travel day, and all the series would have started on Saturday. Uh, it wouldn't have prevented the teams that earned the bye uh, from having all that rest because that was going to be built in no matter what. But I think if you ask any of those teams, they would take the break uh, and a chance to set their rotation and a chance to get their bullpen arms fresh and a chance to get any of the banged up guys on their roster healthy um, before the playoffs start. If if the four teams with the buys all go down, then you'll hear a lot of people chirping. But uh, you know the Astros don't look like um, you know it's almost like they're going anywhere. No. I guess no. you, know, uh, the, um, you know the you know the Braves are still. Not quite dead. The Dodgers are on on death's door. Yeah, but uh, you know, but if, again, I wouldn't be stunned if they came back and forced a game five eventually. Here, uh, I, I'm not sure there's anything you can do when you have a situation where um, where an entire round ends in sweeps uh, because you know the the schedule built out. The World Series is going to be when the World Series is going to be. That's uh, you know for television purposes for. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, the, the schedule is built out over the month, and when series end early, the, there are just off days that have to be uh, accounted for. And you know, like I said, it was just unfortunate that you had all four series. Imagine if any one of those series had gone to a game three, that would have been you know sort of the center of the of the sports world that night. Would have been this winner take all. Uh, Showdown, but we just didn't get it because we had four teams that just mowed their way through that first round.
0: I just feel like baseball is the one sport you play every day. You just play it. And it's not like what you can't do is say the following sentence. Well, um, we have to change the the cities. We have to change the hotel rooms. We can't do it. We've blocked it off. No, because you don't know who's going to win anyway. You don't know. You're always prepared for the two different cities and you just move it up. That's just my opinion. And I think it... I think it's football, basketball, the others, they're not daily. This is daily. And so I want to see – I guess I want to see it daily. Thank yeah, you, monk. Go,
5: like Go ahead. Like I said, Tony, the, the World Series starts on a certain date, and how it gets to that point, it gets there. Also, real quick, just want to throw a little shout-out. I met a, a really wonderful man this weekend in Miami, a family weekend. Turns out he's a little. and uh, Really? Uh, his name is Adam Apatow. uh He lives in, in, in your area, your neck of the woods. Oh. Uh, and he was – He's, he's, uh, he went to Miami he has a daughter who goes there and my son is a freshman there and besides bothering Chuck Todd all the time yeah Chuck is with well, Chuck's Miami, right uh, Chuck's it, kid it was goes nice to, to meet somebody else he was very kind he answered a lot of my questions about the school and then of course we talked about the podcast for about 40 minutes so, yeah fantastic uh, you know because that's how these things go right
0: <laughs> that's good that's great thank you Mark
5: <laughs> thanks Tony
0: Mark Sand boys and girls we will take a break Chuck Todd will join us when we return pick some games I'm Tony Kornheiser you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Norwegian Soft Kitten. <laughs> Love that name. Greg and Alan <laughs> met up together at a coffee house on Friday so Alan could have Glenn listen to the final mix of one of the new songs, Aggression Level Medium. As we were waiting in line, Alan decided he couldn't wait any longer to play the song for Glenn, so Alan started playing the song on his phone for Glenn at a low volume so as not to disturb the other customers. <clears throat> Glenn was even so kind has to hold the phone close to his ear because we're a very considerate band when the song finished playing before glenn even got a word out to alan the man standing in line in front of glenn turned to us and said that song stinks <laughs> the man then turned away glenn looked at alan and said kornheiser <laughs> to that alan replied oh yeah tony's getting this first so we present to you aggression level medium a song that stinks from norwegian soft kitten michael if original music from Groups like Norwegian Soft Kitten is on our way. How does it get here? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyConizershow.com. And it plays in Chuck Todd, who had another very good week. <clears throat> Chuck Todd was 4-2-1. and one. He had Houston plus 2 at Atlanta. It was a two-point game, so that was even. Jeff Ma had Atlanta minus 1.5, and so he won. That was Jeff Ma's only win. Jeff Ma was 1-4 last week. Chuck Todd, 4-2-1, 23-11-1. Killing this it. is carville land from yeah. last year you're doing great do you have a I, I, a theory I,
2: well i obviously yeah obviously i don't have the distraction of a weekend job you know? <laughs> no, that's part of it that, i mean i don't know how but it's the easiest explanation at this point yeah um and and not studying always not studying right making the decision right here with you each time okay not being not doing any prep work
0: here we go uh we have a game in england <laughs> A game in England, the third week in a row, a game in England, but for the first week in three, not a game with Jacksonville. It is Baltimore uh, playing Tennessee. Tennessee didn't look great last week and lost, but Baltimore looked bad. Baltimore looked bad and lost. Lamar Jackson looked bad and lost, and Baltimore is giving four in England. What do you think?
2: I I hate this game um, because of, of all that. Uh, what you just said, right? You have one team that always seems to overperform their number, Tennessee, and one team that always underperforms their number, the Ravens. Now you got to go overseas. The Ravens kind of have to win. Yes, and, they do, and they seem to be a team that like they just they win they win just when you have to win. So this is a, I, I feel like you got to zig with them, and I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them because Tennessee every time you see them you're like but Ryan Tannell.
0: You yeah, know? and yeah. it's
2: like the butt Ryan Tannehill, and you're like, right? It just doesn't have enough. So I'll go with the Ravens here, but four, four, is a lot. And if you told me they won by three, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't shock me. It's it's a it's a tough one to put cash on, but yeah,
0: I agree with that. I don't I don't like that game. Washington is at Atlanta. Atlanta won last week in a really good game. Both quarterbacks, Houston and, and Atlanta quarterbacks, were very very good down the stretch. Washington, which was terrible, and which probably stinks at this point. We're getting to that point. Washington plus two and a half at Atlanta. Yeah, this is
2: – I didn't think Atlanta was a good team, and, and they, they sort of proved me wrong uh, a little bit. I, I thought they were going to fold in that game, and they didn't. You know, they, they, that was a back and forth, back and forth. And um, I think Washington is not as good as we thought they were, are they?
0: I don't think so. Like, yeah,
2: and is this a spiral game? Is Tell me what
0: that means. This oh, then they keep going down goes. the drain. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's, there's. Uh, this is so weird for me to say. The coach of Atlanta is Arthur Smith. His father is Fred Smith of FedEx. You,
2: you, you um, love that fact.
0: Don't you? I, yeah, I do because I, I, I think that's a tremendous achievement for a kid to get to be let a let head me ask coach. You
2: this. If your father was the founder of one of the largest companies of all time. Yeah. Would you still have gone into sports writing, you think?
0: Well, if, I wasn't, if it wasn't made clear to me that I had the inheritance when I reached 25, I probably would have had to get a job, and yes, I would have gone into sports writing.
2: Oh, but if the inheritance...
3: if you Well, then I, would
0: guarantee. Have, I wouldn't have done anything. I would have okay. had no job at all. But, but I'm sort of wondering if, if Fred Smith says to Arthur Smith, we know Snyder's not there anymore, but let's shove it to Snyder. Let's win this game oh, by a lot. I just want that's, that's a fun thought. Yeah. Well, only people who really are nasty and hold grudges like me. <laughs> who do you <laughs> like? No, in this I'm,
2: I'm riding with you on that. I like that. You
0: like Atlanta? I have
2: an angle here. Let's be shove it up. Dan Snyder.
0: <laughs> yeah. Atlanta. With
2: the ex- sure. Okay. okay. Good. I'm with you. That's, so we blame you for this.
0: Movie. That's fine. You can do that. Um, okay. Here's a game. The line I don't understand. I don't understand it. Seattle went from two and a half to plus three at Cincinnati. Seattle's a three and one team. Seattle's a pretty good team. Cincinnati is totally dependent on Joe Burrow. You have no idea what his calf is going to be like. Boy, I know they won look, last week. Hmm?
2: He looked amazing. He looked great. He looked I mean, great. But he looked, it, it looked like he had some magical powers on his calf. Like he was like, where, where, did he like get stem cell treatment or I something? Know. I mean, it was, it yeah, was he looked right and day.
0: He's a great quarterback. He's right under Mahomes. He's a great quarterback. But I'm surprised Seattle's getting three. Who you got?
2: I, I'm I'm going to ride with the Bengals. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that this is a corner that they turned. That Burrow's now healthy. Burrow and Chase, and okay, they're going to string together four or five wins in a row, and we're all going to look back and go, oh, they did it again. They just had a slow start, and here they come. All right, so I'm going to bet on that. Um, when I'm, you know, obviously I'll, I'll learn pretty quickly if that's a, if
0: it doesn't work uh, out.
2: If it doesn't work out,
0: San Francisco coming off in a huge win, just pounding Dallas, is at Cleveland. Cleveland isn't any good, but this is the kind of game you lose. This is is the kind of game you lose, and San Francisco's giving five and a half.
2: Oh, have you looked at the weather forecast?
0: No, is it bad?
2: It's just going to be wet. Yeah. It's October. It's Cleveland. It's cold. I just, yeah. Yeah, right. You can picture what this game's going to be like. San Francisco's going to wish they weren't in it. Uh, I, I'm all over Cleveland in this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm, San Francisco is is a great team, but everybody loses once or twice. They may not lose this game, but this is not a game I'd stay away from. This in San Francisco. Indianapolis, a surprising team, but likely without their lead quarterback. Though Gardner Minshew has been terrific, walking in there. Indianapolis getting four at Jacksonville. Jacksonville finally back, cleared customs. Finally back from England. <laughs> Who you like in this one? Yeah.
2: Four is a lot of points. Um, and this is you know, Gardner Minshew. This is his former team. Yeah, right. He's going to be fired up. These are his people. Yeah, Duval. I... Right. This is Duval. This is yes. This is where Minshew mania was born. That's right. Um, I, I think that's that's too big of a spread uh give me give me indy in this one
0: yeah i mean i hate indy as a team but they're much like you feel about atlanta indianapolis has proven that they're better than i thought i just don't i don't know what they're doing i don't know what anthony richardson is doing stop running you now have a concussion and another injury just you know you got to change your style here's another game
2: you gotta learn uh, jujitsu like a man tua something learn how to fall you gotta
0: fall um, but you don't, you know, when you're 6'4, 240 like Anthony Richardson, you know, figure you don't have to fall. All right. Detroit is at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a very surprising team this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been very good. They are coming <laughs> out of a bye. Detroit's pretty good. Detroit, I think, is 4 and 1 at this point, And Detroit is only minus 2 with maybe something to prove. Who do you like in this game?
2: So, two. This two. is two, not three. Two, it's two. I'm oh. told. Oh, it got it changed. to it two. went.
0: Yeah, that's what. Oh,
2: you didn't give me that one. Um, Nigel didn't tell me. I'm just checking that one it changed. again.
4: Hold on, let me just check. I You three just changed a, it
3: to me. The number it's you gave, three. And you didn't uh, why me did that. you change it to Dallas? Me.
4: Dallas and the Chargers are now two.
3: You
0: didn't.
4: Ugh. Sorry.
2: I'll reset the board.
4: There we go. Yeah, yep. just... there it is. Right, well,
0: three. we had gone a long it's time. It's three. At two, you have to take it. You have to at two. You have to.
2: At two, I would. Yeah. But at three, okay. Now, three's di- three's different. I I, I kind of like Tampa. You know, it was interesting. Apparently, Baker Mayfield really wanted to go to Tampa because he saw that they had all this talent around them, and he thought that, you know, he could win the job and, and, and do better than a lot of people expected, and lo and behold, here we are.
0: Yes. Um, yes.
2: You know, they're, they're – I mean, Detroit's a better team – but they're going to be outdoors. Jared Goff outdoors on the road has usually been a problem uh, before the Lions were considered a, a juggernaut. Give me
0: Tampa. Okay, so I'm, I'm angry now because I changed that line because Nigel told <laughs> me to change that line and not the Dallas line. I don't know. It's a live show. Dallas.
2: Who are is, we angry at? Are you angry at Nigel? Yes, angry at
0: I'm angry. I'm angry. Or are you just angry at people? No, I'm just, just angry? I'm angry at Nigel, very specifically. Later in the day, I'll be angry at Wilbon. But now,
2: <laughs>
1: I'm me. angry
0: at Nigel. <laughs> Dallas is minus two at the L.A. Chargers. That's the Monday night game. I don't, I, on, I don't know why Dallas is favored in this game. I don't understand this. Why because they're the favored. Chargers. Huh?
2: Would you ever make the Chargers a favorite? Well, I mean, the I mean, Chargers, are—they
0: disappoint yeah. you, but they've got. If Justin Herbert gets hot, he's really good. So, I know what I
2: like in this game with real cash money, and that's the over. Like, I think this game will be a shootout. Right. This is—I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I think we're going to enjoy ourselves.
0: More tonight. Dallas fans than Chargers games. I, I Charger oh, fans at this one by a lot. Hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Um, look, this is what these are the games Dallas wins. Okay. They, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. I think they just don't know how to beat
0: good teams. You know,
2: teams that are more fit. Well, specifically teams with better coaches. Which in this case, the Chargers.
0: They do not. Not necessarily. Right. Brandon Staley. It goes for it all the time. He seems like a weird guy. And,
2: and um, they get out. Fit, and they can get out physical. And this is not. And the Chargers are not a physical team. Right. So right. I, I just sort okay. of look at those two things, and I, I'm semi comfortable with it.
0: With the Cowboys. You're twenty 11 and one. You know. So yeah. we're listening to you. Oh, fair yeah, enough. It's really like good. It. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck right, Todd, good. boys and girls. If we gave you Chuck Todd, that would be more than enough. But we go the extra mile for you. We give you a monkey.
3: See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching.
0: Watching his iPad, smoking and
4: laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attaché. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. zoo. Reginald's got the vibes by too. Sometimes he throws through poo. poo he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. Ooh. So was he at the zoo? Well, he was and he wasn't. He was just outside of the zoo. Okay. Look, this has not been a great year for Reginald.
0: No, he's four and 11. Four and not 11. Not five and 11. He's worse. <laughs> he's worse. He's, worse. Right. he's four and 11.
4: Olympics one game this week. So um, apparently he's taken a big hit financially. Mm-hmm. He's had to get a second job or a side hustle, yeah. as the kids call it. So he was outside the zoo on Connecticut Avenue, Dressed in his little sailor suit, working with an organ grinder. Fantastic. It was just so depressing. Yeah. You know, and he's doing backflips while the organ grinder, uh, you know, cranks out. Pop goes the weasel. No, Pop goes the weasel, favorite of all. <laughs> it's just so. Fortunately, I caught him on a lunch break, so we went over these matches. The first one we gave him was the Washington football team getting two and a half at the Falcons. And he showed a picture of him in Buckhead having dinner with Steve Bartkowski, Jerry Goldberg. wants Glenville, Atlanta? He wants Atlanta. He wants Atlanta. Yes. Wow. I believe with Chuck Todd in that one, right? Yeah. Now, he's picked Washington incorrectly every time after, time. Time after <laughs> time. So, I'd probably get time after this time. one wrong again. Uh, the next one we gave him was San Francisco giving five and a half at Cleveland. Um, and this was a lovely photograph of Reginald touring Alcatraz with Willie Mays, Juan Marichal, and Merton Hanks. Okay. Tells me he's got ties to the Bay Area. He, he will does, take indeed. the 49ers. And the last one, I'm not sure exactly where this photograph was taken, but it was a picture of Reginald working the grill at a Waffle House. I'm just going to assume it was in Jacksonville, although I'm not sure which one of the 45 Waffle Houses it particularly was. 45? Like (laughs) (laughs) 45,000? So
0: So he's going to take Jacksonville? Yes, and give the four. He's going to give the four. Yes. All right, good for him. All right, we will take a break. Mailbag, when we return. Emails, jingles. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show. thrilling to me that the University of Missouri Marching Band recorded that. The other day, we had another school choir oh, yeah. record something, the John B. Dye School. And I didn't read this from Greg Furlick, the principal, and I should. I've been an elementary school principal for 20 years. For many of those 20 years, I've been trying to talk one of my music teachers into recording the mailbag jingle. <laughs> I moved to a new school last year, and I found a willing participant. It will make 30... Fifth graders insanely happy to hear their version of the jingle played on your show and to possibly be named the official elementary school chorus of the Tony Kornheiser show, even though, just like Ari Melber, none of them know who you are <laughs> or why they're doing this. <laughs> I was going to ask them an end with an eat at Saliza, but I'm trying to run a family-friendly school here. Thanks for all the laughs. It's a lovely note.
3: Elementary kids do have a lot of questions. Who? <laughs> who is yeah. this? It's what? A, it's a lovely what? note. Uh, That's lunch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What do we got here? The Bethesda bagel there.
4: Oh, Bethesda bagels. We love them. You will as well. We've got the hot bagels today. Always excited about that. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then
0: pop on in and you will be thrilled. And before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, she told me she worked in the morning and started to laugh. I told her I didn't crawled off to sleep in the bath. And when I awoke, I was alone. This bird had flown. So I lit a fire. Isn't it good? Norwegian wood. That's a John song, kids. Yes. That's a John song. Know that one pretty well. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Mark Feinsand. Thanks to all of our sponsors today. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It is my desire um, to always change the wording here just a little bit so people know it was live. You know, <laughs> that's how I look at it. All live right, to let's the tape. Some, <clears throat> let's do yeah. some emails. It's officially quarter zip of season, Dad. Oh
3: yes, Tony K forty six. And just so you know, vest season, on deck. Okay, vest season would be great. Check okay. out johnnyo.com. They have a new partnership with the NHL. You can look like an official coach with Ooh. those quilted vests. What's
4: the code again, TK? K 46 Ooh, Can it. I get
0: those lined pants? Yeah, the,
3: the tailgater pants? Yeah, I, want I have em. to check to see if they make those again.
0: That's going back deep into, the, into
3: the, the Creedon collection, well, uh, Yeah, will.
0: Pete Creedon had them. Yeah. He had <laughs> shorts, though. He had final line shorts from Johnny O. Mm. That was weird to mm. me. Creedon's crazy. Look, <laughs> dear Mr. Tony, but really, Michael. This is from Catherine O'Connor. Okay, there's a place in Philadelphia that I think you should explore in your quest for the best coffee ice cream, Gran Cafe Laquila. This is a small Italian restaurant in Center City, war- run by a world champion gelato maker. His story is that his gelato shop in Italy was damaged in an earthquake, and somehow he landed in Philadelphia during the recovery. A random connection, but our win for sure. His shop was a few blocks from our apartment, was a staple for us. Every guest that came through was brought there, and none were disappointed. We truly think it was the single best thing in Philadelphia. Close second, Deezengolf hummus. Way better than the sports teams and cheesesteaks. We would happily order you some, but are not privy to your address, and it appears that Bonnie may not be trusted with full ice cream delivery. (laughs) (laughs) So I have some concerns about how it will travel. Gelato is somewhat temperature-sensitive. Let's wait for the winter. I think it's worth ordering for some taste testing. It's almost worth the drive to get some fresh, but no, that's not going to happen. If you ordered the four-pack in addition to the cafe, the cafe, I guess is the coffee, I would consider adding a pistachio pint. My personal favorite. My husband would say the fondente. Good luck with your quest to find the best coffee ice cream. Kate and Cullen from Olney, Maryland. Walkable from the uh, train
3: station. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very nice real estate area. Okay. Just got to cross the
0: Schuylkill for you. Okay. I'm happy to cross the Schuylkill. I know how to do it. Yeah, no, I know how to do it. And you could pass the beautiful uh, postal lands that they reclaimed. Yeah, which are lovely. Um, From Gary Lupton in Fredericksburg, Virginia, would you consider dedicating a portion of the podcast to being an ice cream sommelier? You could taste various (laughs) ice creams from different regions. Telling us about its nose, that it smells like vanilla, coffee, birthday cake, etc. You could also tell us as how it melts and what kind of legs does it have? When tasting it, do you detect not only flavors of coffee but hints of berries, citrus, cinnamon, ginger, clay, etc.? Finally, you could tell us what it pairs well with: yes. meat, poultry, fish, bourbon, Scotch, whatever you pair. Red it with. wine.
5: You could Plus also give it a points
0: rating to help guide us through the freezer section. This it's is obviously information for life, but also will help all the loyal littles navigate the complexity complexity of ice cream selection. Uh, from Tony Beeson. In your quest to find the best coffee ice cream, have you considered the coffee ice cream from Dollar Tree? Hmm. I didn't know Dollar Tree had ice cream. He sends a picture of it. No schmutz, no extra flavoring, made with cow's milk, not almonds, locally distributed out of Chesapeake, Virginia. And the cost is only $125. Hmm. Sounds perfect, right? There is one catch, and perhaps this is a deal-breaker. On the back of the label, it says, contains a bioengineered food ingredient. Yep. That, I nope. don't know what that means. <laughs> it's, it's honest. So, it's yeah, honest. There
4: should be a warning label, not
0: just hidden in the ingredients. I have never been to a Dollar Tree. Never. I've, I I pass them all the time. Never been. There's well, three or four of them on uh, the way to Delaware. There's an interesting
3: piece in the Wall Street I've Journal about been. the rise of Dollar Tree and those types of stores uh, as you try and fight inflation.
0: Did you go to a five and below? No, I've never even heard of that. Okay don't know what that is. Do Usually, great places is... to find some kitchen staples. Okay. From Sean in Ashburn, Virginia. I know we're not doing one in a million anymore, but Michael's discussion of the Cox Farms Hayride reminded me of a chance meeting I had 15 years ago. I was on the Cox Farm Hayride with a woman whom I'm related to by marriage and our one-year-old son. I was wearing a T-shirt from my alma mater, Carnegie Mellon Humble breck. A man sitting across from us said an old friend of his had a son who recently graduated from Carnegie Mellon. He said... um, wait a second a son he said her name done that so this doesn't oh okay he said her name i don't understand this a man sitting across from us said an old friend of his had a son who recently graduated from carnegie mellon he said her name so it's not oh if if his friend was the woman okay oh I, i guess i got it wrong he said her name was eileen corwin to which i replied that's my mom what (laughs) that was the first time i met my mom's friend dave whom she had met 40 years prior in boston i think sean i think the sentence is confusing to me yeah we're gonna but that is one in a million Yeah, it's cross-generational from pj donnelly in springfield virginia i was so pleased to hear your anxious adventures as a chaperone using mental math this is from michael current pictures and name games of the seven individuals you were placed in charge of while out in public You describe my every day to a T as a father of seven children, constant roll call in my head. How many I have eyes on and, of course, what everyone's name is. Granted, mine range in age from 13 to nine months, but I applaud your effort.
3: Uh, It's like the fugitive.
0: (laughs) Just widening the search. (laughs) From Ruck at the Soviet Safeway in Silver Spring. Just to add to your hate of pumpkin spice things, how about ribs? They have, wow, yeah, at uh, KC's Rib Shack pumpkin spiced ribs no thank you awful no thank you bob davis wake forest north carolina i think tony and chessie will agree with me on this one this has gone way far enough at the grocery store i saw greenies dog chew treats in pumpkin spice flavor really no from colin crowley Mm -hmm. in los angeles last week you read an email from thomas kirkland of mooresville indiana telling everyone he named his chicken chuck norris did you misread that, or did he really miss out on naming the rooster Cluck Norris <laughs> Thomas? Come on, man. You were almost there. From Elaine Caffrey in Duluth, Georgia. Since I mentioned Statesboro last week in my email referencing my cousin's unfortunate encounter with Gatorade, I thought I would follow up since you mentioned the song in the Youngbloods. The Statesboro Blues was written and recorded in 1928 by Georgia blues man Blind Willie McTell. It has been recorded since by Taj Mahal and the Youngbloods, but the most popular and recent version was done by the Allman Brothers. It is the most common version referenced by those of us who matriculated at Georgia Southern University in Statesboro, a great college town. From Steve Allen, not that Steve Allen, for those who remember, in Portland, Oregon. Last Wednesday, while driving in my pristine Subaru Outback, I know, I know, my ears perked up when I heard that Reginald had been hanging with Mel Renfro recently. We Oregonians have much to be proud of, world-class wines and wineries, including Bell's Up and Willamette, great cheeses and pristine beaches and world-class skiing. But for some of us Oregon sports fans of a certain age, Mel Renfro makes the top 10, maybe the top five. He's an NFL and NCAA football Hall of Famer, as you probably know, but he also excelled in track. But did you know he played his high school football with Heisman Trophy winner Terry Baker at Portland's Jefferson High School? I did not. Mel's older brother, Ray, he played in the league too, played on the same team. My sister's high school alma mater, Beaverton, from the other side of town, played Jefferson for the 1959 state championship. Of course, Jeff won, and my sister went to Oregon. So, so did I, however, briefly. That's interesting. Alex Lau. While I'm not yet a man, I did just have my first child, a masculine child, a life event I haven't been lucky enough to have read about on the show, but was lucky enough to have happen. In any event, while I'm usually not one for sappy email variety, I want to thank you for your continued ramblings three times per week. I now... Mostly listen to you while I'm half awake, feeding my masculine child in the middle of the night, and while I can't think of emails that are as witty as they used to be, due to most of my remaining brain cells being devoted to care for an infant and for work. I appreciate using at least 1.5 brain cells three times a week while listening to your podcast. Keep on potting, and please tell Connor, Cormac, Bobby, and Jack of Georgetown Rugby to eat it. Look forward to that first blowout. From Tim in... What do you mean? I I think you could read between the lines. Oh, okay. Uh, Bootsy's Big First Blow was after the uh, Katie Ledecky pop up episode. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Tim from the Midwest writes Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say there's a girl in this Harvard town and she works laying whiskey down. They say, Brandy, fetch another round. She serves some whiskey and wine. One of the worst songs it's ever really made. One of the worst. From Evan in Michigan. I'll pay for Rosetta Stone if it would help me understand Carville. Do they have Raging Cajun on the language list? I'll hang up and listen. And for for, uh, for, for SETI James, David Simon, the creator of The Wire and a 12-year reporter for the Baltimore Sun. Yes, and he was really good. Yes. Recently tweeted a link to an article about his longtime love for the Baltimore Orioles. Based on your recent fascination, who belongs on the Mount Rushmore Baltimore sports, I asked David his opinion. Attached is a screenshot of his response. Brooks Robinson, Johnny Unitas, Michael Phelps, Toots Barger. I look forward to three weeks of Toots Barker Mount Rushmore Pro Con conversation <laughs> on this show. Yeah, I don't know Toots Barker. I had to look her up. Oh, it's a her?
4: It's a her duck
0: pin bowling champion. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. If you're out of your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white.
3: Leave the gun. Take the
0: cannoli.
1: Vifricate when you feel the glint from the sun off the edge. Hold on, I left my phone and vibrate. What's this now? I'm getting a call. It's my husband. I should probably get this. He's informing me I've tidied up the side of the house with all the hands And the leaves and the debris. Standing with my blade in the sky, the imminent drop and slice. I'm reminded that in certain situations, you can be accommodating and nice. We're in aggression level medium, keeping our language cleaner. My gestures are not impolite, exhibiting appropriate demeanor. We're at aggression level medium. We keep ourselves in check. It's nothing too important. Using words like dawn and "head." We're at aggression level medium. I regret what I said before. We're done with this night. I'm not interested in decapitating you anymore. Where a
2: soul flies. She's smiling down.
5: your friend